0: What's up, everyone? It's Isaac Smolden, the production manager here at my house. Just a reminder that today's episode of My Voice is part two of a two-part series with our guest Brian Fields, case manager here at my house. So if you haven't heard part one, go back and take a listen to that before moving on to this episode. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the show. My Voice is a chance for those who have struggled with addiction, homelessness, depression, and domestic violence to have a candid conversation about their life experience, current situation, and future goals and aspirations. Every episode is conducted anonymously to facilitate a comfortable and safe place for guests to tell their story. We now join a My Voice conversation already in progress. Did you pass the uh, so, test? So, yeah, thankfully I passed <laughs> the test, yeah.
1: I passed the test and they released me to the care of my mom. I went and lived on Prince Wells Island for probably like 3 or 4 months and I absolutely hated it.
0: And that's where your bio mom's from, too. Yeah. I did and that bring up any rethinking uh, about it at the time? No, cuz like by that time like I was so consumed with like
1: I I was very like selfish and self-centered, you know what I mean, and it was all about me. And so yeah. like at that point in time like I had gone through so much with her that I had... I mean, like, for me, when I told her I've had enough, like, it was the first time I ever set a boundary and I didn't realize I did it, but it was literally, like, the biggest detachment in my life that I've ever had to date. Like, I just said, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And so, like, those parts of me, I mean, like, they would come up when I'd get, like, depressed and stuff, Like, but it didn't, like, it was very rare that, like, things triggered me. Where things got bad is... My mom, the one that adopted me. So I lived with her for three or four months. And then on my 18th birthday, I was like, boom, I'm out. And I moved back to Ketchikan. I was in Ketchikan for probably like two or three months. And then my mom came to Ketchikan and told me that she had terminal lung cancer. Oh, man. And that's when like I was still like trying to do really well. I, I had started drinking a little bit, but I wasn't drinking a lot like I, like I used to and the I mean that was probably like one of the hardest times in my life, um you know, being eighteen and feeling like I had failed her for the last you know like five years and really put her through the ringer and and then I know that I hurt her when i the way that I moved out, and then I just felt like so like something shifted in me, and I was like, okay, I have to." I have to, I have to like, make this right, and I have to, like, show her that, like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And I have to, like, I have to grow up today, and I have to be successful today, and I'm going to have my whole, I'm going to meet the woman
0: of my dreams today. Like, all the things. You went from speed running the whole addiction process yeah now you're speed running the whole adulting process yeah because that's yeah that's how I am I'm like full throttle that's how we do it there's no in between and that's kind of it must have been like emotional whiplash like you're waiting till the day like once I turn 18 I am out of here yeah and then just a couple months later yeah just completely flipped on its head
1: yeah yeah and so it sucks because like man, I wish my brain was more developed when this happened, dude, because, like, I couldn't think rationally. And, like, I wish more than anything that instead of trying to do that, I took the time to spend with her because that's not what I did. So I I left that situation and I, like, went and got a job and got an apartment with some dude that I started working with that I didn't even really know, you know, (laughs) making very questionable decisions. I met a girl that, like, very questionable decisions there. And then I just kept trying to live my life and like things kept going wrong. Like they kept going sideways, you know, like then I lost my job and then my grandpa passed away. And, and I remember being like, all right, dude, I'm done. Like I quit. Like I'm going to do the bare minimum. And then I started like drinking heavy again and she like progressively got sick and I could not, I don't know. I think something changed in me from 13 to that point because like, I just could, I was like so emotionally unavailable that I could not be there for her, no matter, even if I wanted to be. Cause I had realized I was failing and I was like, dude, you're not gonna, you're not growing up tomorrow.
0: You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're not doing it.
1: I kept trying a little bit here and there, but it just wasn't working. And I remember she flew me up to Anchorage to be with her while she was going through chemo. I think I made it. She left me with an open ended ticket so I could go back whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I think I made it a week. And, And that's that selfish and self-centered where I was like, "Uh, I can't, I can't do this. And so I left and that's when like the it was like a a gear shifted. and, And next thing I know, I'm, I'm trying meth for the first time and drinking all the time. And I'm, I'm doing all of the, it's like a rerun of everything that I just went through, but times 10. Yeah. We go through that process and she passes away, which I wasn't there for. Uh, I left, which is, like, so hard still, man, like, that's how I got, yeah, but, yeah, Um, I, so I left, and she passed away, and then I got, somehow, I found a bigger shovel, and I dug deeper and uh, lost my job lost my place I somehow managed to latch on to that girl that I had met and I really just took her hostage and just carried her along for the ride and was like you're coming with me and we're gonna do this together and I was like cheating on her and partying and doing all sorts of stuff you know and just I wasn't good mentally I was suicidal at that point I was suicidal nobody could tell me anything my sister tried and I would just get mad at her and tell her to screw off, and, you know, everybody's trying to deal with this situation in this big hole that my mom's absence had just left, and I just I pushed away and isolated and dug deep, and I just started started partying. I found that thing that I had found at, you know, 12 and and ran with that. That was the thing that was going to comfort me again, you know. I was doing that for a few years. I ended up having a kid with that girl. Because, and I love my son to death a thousand percent. He's amazing and he saved my life, but I had, I thought I was, I was having him because I thought he was going to make it better. Yeah. Like I was going to, and I was going to be the father that, you know, I never had and, and all of these things. And that was so far from the truth.
0: That's something I, I, I I think I've heard a lot is that idea of having a, having
1: a kid is that that is what will we'll yeah. fix this. Yeah. It's so that destination happiness, man. Like if yeah. I just do this one thing, if I just get this job, if I just get this girl, if I just do this, I will, I'll be successful and everything will be okay. Right. So we had him, I started drinking more. She had a C-section. I remember like taking some of her Percocets and stuff. I went off the the deep end again and we, I got like, verbally abusive with her and and so eventually she left me and I think yeah she left me and then wasn't but two weeks later that I was I had tried I was somebody had brought me some Suboxin, and I had tried that and then like fast track like two or three months later I was like a avid meth and heroin user I'm not I'm not showing up for my son. I had tried to when we had first broke up, and I was, and I would be there and and try to do as much as I could and co-parent and stuff which, with, through a very toxic relationship between the two of us. And But then I just get further and further and further removed, and I would go, and I'd go on binges for, like, two or three weeks sometimes, and then I would go spend, like, two days with him. And, yeah. then, I'd, and then I'd disappear for another two, three weeks. And then I disappear again. And I tried to live this life where like I was trying to like, I, I don't think that I was being very discreet, but in my brain, in my brain, I was, I was like, nobody knew that I was on drugs. And like, I got a job at a shipyard and was in this welding class and all this stuff. And I still don't know how I managed to do that. <laughs> like that, that blows my mind to this day. Like, bro, I was like high on meth trying to prep this boat for freaking paint and I'm like, Yeah, it's was re- comforting. Yeah, it was really <laughs> bad. Yeah. But yeah, so that happened. It's a low I mean, I have
0: to imagine it's one Yeah, pretty I pretty down there yeah, as far as low points go.
1: Yeah. I don't know that like so I didn't it a lot of it like started when my mom died. Like I didn't I never dealt with that. You know, I never even dealt with it when she was here and when she was sick. Like, Mm -hmm. I just refused to deal with it. I was like, I'm not doing this. But there was this part in me that was always conflicted because I did go see my mom for the last week that she was alive and I left the day before she passed. But before I left, I remember, and she was very far gone at this point, but I remember I whispered in her ear and I said, I said, this isn't it for me and I'm going to be successful. So throughout my life, even though, like, I was going down this, like, awful drug abuse and addiction and, you know, all of these things, like, there was a part of me that wanted to, like, get rid of that. But I didn't know how, you know what I mean? In Can, there's not a lot of resources. And so I didn't even know what that looked like. The thought to me of getting sober never even crossed my mind. Like, that's not what it is, Brian. You just need to hold a job and show up every day. Right. That's what it is. And... Turns out that being sober can be a
0: part of that. Yeah, it could be. yeah. 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 It could be a good, good chunk of that. And, um, but also this is familiar. Yeah. To a point. I mean, you're having struggles when you're really still just a child. Yeah. And this is what brought you that comfort and was that fallback. Right. And now you have probably the most, like, the most traumatic know life event mm-hmm. i have to imagine losing a parent like yeah and and so this is where you have this is where you can go to fall back on you right. don't have another base to go to yeah so again yeah now we can sit here and talk about oh yeah well if brian you wanted a job then you should have just got so yeah but yeah. in the moment like you're not that's not the this is the only logical path almost right.
1: yeah it was, and it worked for a little bit. You know, like I said, I got a job at a shipyard and was in a welding class, and, like, I passed my welding tests and got qualified and was a welder for a short period of time, very short period of time. Yeah, I mean, like, it it blocked out all of that stuff. It, I stopped drinking for a point in time and just doing drugs because the alcohol would bring up a lot of that stuff, and mm-hmm. I'd be, like, I'd be a psychopath, like, absolute psychopath. And then it all just came to a halt again right? Like it eventually it always comes to a halt. And I remember being so fed up, man. Like I remember sitting outside a bar and my sister had been out at the bar at that same time. And I was like, I'm a heroin addict, like just screaming in the streets. Like that's how fed up I was. Like I was so done. Like, and I didn't care and I didn't want to live like that, but I didn't know what to do either. And so I had reached out. So she didn't believe me. She thought I was lying. Cause she couldn't, she couldn't see it. Yeah. A couple weeks go by, and then it like it all comes to a halt again, and I'm homeless. I was just sitting in this bar, and I was like, dude, I had just detoxed for a week. And I was like, how I was going to celebrate being off of heroin was by going to the bar <laughs> and partying. Because, yeah, look at me, dude. Yeah. I'm, I haven't done heroin in seven whole days.
0: Let's get wasted. Let's
1: get wasted. And so I'm sitting in this bar, and I'm like looking around, and I'm like, I don't even know any of these people. Like, what are you doing here? This is not where you belong. You know, Again. I mean? Again, this is not where you belong, Brian. And so I had texted my brother and my sister, and I just laid it out for him. And I was like, look, this is what it is. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know what to do. And then my brother called me the next day. And I was like, oh, no, what did I, what did <laughs> I, what did I do? He, he had offered for me to come up here and get sober. And I was like, nah, man, like, that's for you. Because he had come up here and got sober. I told him no, and I went and got a job at a dishwashing uh, as a dishwasher at a restaurant, and was living with my cousin, and was drinking heavily at that point again uh, to try to like detox myself from heroin. But then I fell back into heroin, so now I'm drinking every day, and doing now I'm back on heroin and doing heroin every day as well. So like I'm now I'm like way worse off than I was when I was at my my last rock bottom. So another month or two of that goes by. And then my son had like, I was on like a four day bender and my son had like called me another man's name or something. And I remember just being so devastated and being like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, I had texted all my buddies and like, don't ask me. I was like selling drugs at the time, like just to pay for my habit. And um, I was like, don't text me. Blah, blah, blah. And then the next day my son's mom had found, Um, cause I would, like I said, I would go out there and stay with her, Mm -hmm. um, to see him. That's how I would see him. Like I'd go on a bender for a couple of weeks, go see him. But so she found, I had, it was the first time I ever brought heroin to her house, but I did and she had found it and she was like, we need to talk. And I was like, okay. And she pulled it out and she's like, you need to go get help or you're never going to see your son again. And, uh, I remember just all this emotion flooding back, like. Brian, you're you're doing everything that your biological mother did to you mm. and everything that your father did to you. And you have a choice to not do that right now. And so I called my brother and I said, all right, man, were you serious? Because I'm ready. And he was like, well, are you ready to do whatever it takes to get sober? And I was like, yeah, I think so. I don't know what that means, but sure. <laughs> and then he said, are you willing to get on a plane tomorrow? And I was like, whoa,
0: bro. Like man, that's, that's like.
1: Dude, like like I got to check my schedule. Yeah, bro. Like, don't you know I have like this huge life that I'm living (laughs) right now? Yeah. And so he's like, are you willing to get on a plane tomorrow? And I was like, oh, uh," and I just like look out my window because she had dropped me off and I was back in my cousin's apartment and I look out my window and I see her sitting in her car and she's like sitting there crying. And I was like, yeah, I'll get on a plane tomorrow and then he was like all right this is what i want you to do i want you to pack your stuff and i want you to call this guy named james and i was well, it's like it's like
0: turning into a secret agent yeah and, and i was I like know.
1: what do you mean okay i'm texting my buddy at the same time that i'm like using with him and stuff and i'm like bro this is crazy like i'm about to go to treatment i don't know what i'm doing this i don't i need to get out of this
0: da, 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 like come get me you and need to get out of doing the treatment yeah it's, <laughs> it's getting real bro like this it's like great. what someone usually texts at a party like i don't know dude they're yeah. pulling out like <laughs> Some crazy implements, <laughs> like I think I'm in too deep. You need to come get yeah. me, but you're like, Man, dude, I'm gonna go to treatment. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, gonna get, get help. Like, yeah, you gotta
1: get me out of here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's what it was like. But there was so, like, I was it was very conflicting because I was like, re- like I was ready, but I wasn't because right. it was scary. Is this gonna be where I belong? type of deal, right? And yeah. so, I get off the phone with my brother, I call James, and I'm like, Yo, James, um my brother told me to call you. And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah. Let me call you back. And I'm like, forget this guy, <laughs> dude. What do you, don't you know who I am, bro? <laughs> like, what do you mean? You'll call me back. And I was like, see, this is stupid. And so my buddy picked me up and I went to his house and I'm like telling him all that. Like I had him pick me up out the front and like, so she couldn't see me cause she was like parked outside the back. And and so, like, we went up to his house and I started getting high and I'm like, oh, da, 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 they're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> think I'm going to Bro, told me to call him back. Yeah, I was like, they're stupid, dude. Because I had convinced my, my kid's mom to give me my drugs back by telling her that I fronted them and, like, people would hurt me if I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not a good human being, man. I used to do stuff like that all the time. But so we're doing those and... I, my phone starts ringing and I got like this tinfoil in my hand and I'm like, what the hell? And like, I look at my phone and it's like a Anchorage number and I'm like, I don't know who this is. And so, but I answer it and I'm like, hello. And he was like, Hey, this is James. And I was like, Oh, explicit. (laughs) 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 And, uh, for me, that was like, it was crazy. He was like, so he starts asking me the questions and he's like, so like, how much are you using? Do you think you need detox? And I start telling him and like, I don't know what happened, but like an overwhelming sense of like just emotions came flooding over me. And I just started like uncontrollably like bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, I need about a gram a day. And And like, I'm trying to talk to him, but I can't stop crying. And he's like, well, man, like, just don't worry about it. Like, we're going to take care of you and uh, we'll get you the help that you need. And he hung up the phone and I just kept crying. And I was like, I don't know. There was a, there was like, I don't know what it, there was like peace in that conversation because it was like, can this like, can this carousel finally be over? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like,
0: oh my God. Cause you've gotten to this point yeah. two, three times, four times now. And, yeah.
1: And Yeah. And so it was like, could this be, could this be it? You know? And so what I did was I decided I was going to go party because I got to have a last hurrah, right, yeah. you know, and I did that. And somehow I made it on the plane the next day and I was like crying hard again. And I was like, what am I doing? Like catch cans, my home, you know, I never thought about leaving. I somehow got on that plane. My brother picked me up and he said, look, man, I'm going to do everything I can to help you. And you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about finances. You don't have to worry about like what you're going to eat, your clothes. You don't have to worry about nothing but I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm only going to do this one time you get it and you figure it out or you go, you go figure it out. And I was like, um, uh, okay, whatever. And I remember like my brother, man, like me and my brother, like used to smoke weed together. <laughs> like, <laughs> like,
0: Dude, this is pretty unchilly yeah, right now, man. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. And like, I, I remember going and visiting him and like right before he got sober and they were like living in a house that wasn't theirs and playing poker with dudes that like must've been around when like, Cards were invented, <laughs> bro. <laughs> and, like, they were drinking, like, half gallons of black velvet and water a day. And I pull up, and he picks me up, and he's got, like, this $150,000 truck. It's, like, this tow truck and stuff. And he's, like...
0: Wearing, wearing a polo shirt. Yeah, and bro. Like, and I'm, slacks.
1: like, who are you and what have you done with my brother, dude?
0: <laughs> you know? He's got new teeth
1: and stuff. I'm, like, what is happening? And then we get to his house, and it's when I met my niece, Cadence, for the first time. And he's got like this nice house and he's got a sitting room and which I'd never even heard of before at that point. (laughs) And uh, I was like, dang dude, like you really like turned your life around. Like you're not just like, I thought he was going to be like way different, but he was still my brother. But like his life was different. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell dude? Like this is, uh, this is like, I'm in the twilight zone. And then I detoxed in my niece's room for the next week and he, Dragged me all across Alaska. So he was a tow truck driver. He ran a tow truck company. And so he would go to like Homer and Valdez. And he'd dra- he dragged, he like, I thought he just wanted to spend time with me, but I think he was just scared to leave, <laughs> leave me. <you> alone. Yeah. <laughs> so he drugged me everywhere. And they had told me, I met with James when I got here. And they had told me, they said, Bro, so you can go to like these three different treatments. And one of them was a treatment that like was like 30 days and you get a job and they'll give you money and da da da. And I was like, yeah, that one. we to do that. That sounds <laughs> sounds awesome. I'll yeah. get I'll get some money and then I'll fly back to catch Ken and Everything will be great, right? And that's not what happened. And where was James working at at this point? James had just left Fiend to Clean, and this is James Savage, totally name dropping. Don't even care. It's all right. He was on MHP like yeah. a couple episodes ago. Yeah, you can, you can go, go listen to James. Yeah. So he had just left Fiend to Clean and was working full time for helpline towing. Okay. But he was getting ready to start working at CITC, but he had it. So he wasn't even working in recovery services yeah, at this it's point. like
0: James's origin story. Yeah, like, dude. It's like, like the TNR origin story. Yeah, man. Like, so it was really cool. And so... Someday we'll make a TV show about it. <laughs> I, someday when I have all of... We have like a drone for the studio and stuff. We'll yeah. make the TNR origin story. Right? Yeah. Because be all- you're about to... I, I, If I am correct, I think you're about to go to... Where all good TNR superstars go to for yeah. your job recovery. Through. Yeah, yeah. Going where Dr. Phil sends yep. troubled that's, kids. That's exactly where going I'm going. to the ranch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to
1: the pig farm. Yeah, they okie-dokes me, man. They told me I was going to this treatment for 30 days and I get a job and I get all this money. And then right when I passed my UA, they were like, got on the phone and they were being really weird about it. And it was that night. And then... And then I go to sleep that night and I wake up to my brother in the in the kitchen and he's like talking to somebody on the phone. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got all the paperwork right now. Yeah, I'll make him fill it out right now. He's going to fill it out. Yeah, for sure. He's going. Don't worry. He's going. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like standing there like, what are you guys talking about? And I walk out here. He's like, hey, I need you to fill this out. And my brother is a very big man and he's not a man that you really say no to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, okay. And so I start filling it out and uh, I was like, what is this for? And he was like, you're so... The thing about it is the treatment center that we were going to send you to just happened to close. (laughs) And so you're going to Nugent's ranch. And I was like, what is Nugent's ranch, dude? And he was going to love it. Yeah. it's like, oh, don't worry about it. Just fill out the paperwork and we'll get through all that stuff. And then they got really worried about me leaving. So like my brother had a job that he had to go do with somebody and he couldn't take me with him. And so he made me, he made James pick me up and James had to babysit me for the day. And James is driving around and I remember being like, yo James, so like how long is this treatment? And he'd be like, yeah, so this one time, man, I was like <laughs> doing this thing and he would go on this rant for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, you didn't answer my question. Yeah, James. I was like, is this guy like crazy or something? And we would get, he, but he was good at it too because he would get me talking about something else. And then a couple hours would go by and I'd be like, James, so like how long is this no, treatment? No, but like
0: how long is the treatment?
1: Yeah, and he'd be like. Yeah, so when I was with the Hell's Angels, right? I'm like,
0: what? <laughs>
1: what? And so, and then he got me, uh, they couldn't, I had to get a physical, but they couldn't get me in anywhere. And his wife at the time had worked at a chiropractor clinic. And so she got the chiropractor to do my physical. That
0: does not sound, are we allowed to say that?
1: I don't know. Maybe we should cut maybe that out. Names. <laughs> you don't know what chiropractor it was. <laughs> Good intentions. Good intentions. Yeah. At least the action followed with this. Yes. Life. Yeah. Yes. So they got me the physical, got me all the stuff I needed, and they got me out to the ranch. And I was in treatment. I landed here and was in treatment within a week. And, like, now, like, looking at it now, like, that's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. You know Especially I mean? for, I mean, that's, that's like, something that we're just getting to now is like, oh, you come in today and you yeah. can actually do something for yeah. you. Like one week is...
1: Yeah, oh. this was five years ago, so... I don't know, like, that wasn't... I remember going, like, I would remember getting arrested in catch can and stuff, and they'd be like, go get an assessment, and I'd go to, like, sign up for the assessment, and would be like, all right, come back in 30 days. And then I'm gone. You yeah, know it just I mean? doesn't work. Yeah. And so it was truly amazing. And my time at the ranch was truly, truly amazing. And it sucked sometimes, man, like, real bad. But I found myself... And I found, I found where I belonged, you know, like I, I, I finally felt like I fit in, in somewhere. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have to be anything else. I was like with people that were like me and some of them way worse than me, (laughs) you know? And like, I didn't have to be ashamed of that stuff anymore. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to hide who I was, you know, like me being black didn't have anything to do with nothing anymore. You know what I mean? Like it was just, I was just, I, I it felt like I came home. Yeah, you know, and it was so, it was like truly amazing, dude. And so, so yeah, I mean, and then then Brian got super sober. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that, because. It is a pig farm, right? Yeah, it is a pig farm, yeah. And you grow, but then you also grow vegetables. Yeah, so you, they, yeah,
1: they have, like, a greenhouse, and they grow potatoes and freaking zucchinis. And I remember, like, the first couple of months, like, I was just, like, set in my ways, and I was, like, I ain't doing nothing, dude. Because, <laughs> like, like, I was really afraid, but, like, I always showed fear with anger. So I just right. acted like I was pissed for, like, the first, like, 60 days. And, uh. But I'll never forget, man, there's some humbling stuff when going and shoveling some pig poop at 6 o'clock in the
0: morning. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, can, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Again, not going to pretend like I know yeah. I haven't yeah. been there. Yeah. But I, I I would, yeah, I'd hazard a guess. That yeah. That'll probably uh, give you some new perspective.
1: Yeah, it was pretty, yeah. It was definitely, it was interesting too because it wasn't just about – Going and and helping those animals and stuff and feeding them and all that stuff, the the other men in my treatment were like Brian, we need your help. Yeah, you know what I mean like, we're a team here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to do this. Like this is what makes us all be able to do these things. You know what I mean? And so like, so that was the first time where it wasn't just about Brian. You know, and, and I didn't have an option to make it just about Brian. Like it was about something else and something bigger than myself. And and then through that is where I ultimately like. Found myself, yeah. It was a pretty, it was a pretty intense experience. I remember, you, you like yelling and cussing and like hating, you know, the eighty degree days and in my on my hands and knees digging out potatoes and stuff. But it was also extremely therapeutic. Shout out to the, I guess they're not the ranch anymore, but they're they'll always be the ranch to me. Yeah, club. yeah. So,
0: and so then from there, I know you you got started even even once you were doing like, I guess it'd be outpatient work. You, you right away kind of got involved in homeless slash addiction recovery services.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to. <laughs> so, <laughs> whoops. So like the, the thought process of me, like being like that thought that I had when I was 16 about helping people like went out the window. Cause I'm like, bro, you you became a heroin addict. you went to jail like 15 times there's no way that you're going to be of any help to anybody. Right. And so like that thought, I just went out the window and when I was in treatment, I had decided I was going to get out of treatment and I was going to go to NIT. And I was, so I, when I was in welding school in Ketchikan, I got qualified, but I didn't get certified okay. as a welder. And so I was going to go to NIT and I was going to get certified. I had called Carl and was like, hey man, I'm about to get a treatment. I'm looking at my options, and he was like, oh yeah, da 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 da, this is what we offer, da da da. da. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that's gonna fit my schedule because you know, like they, they have like requirements for their housing, like you right. have to do peer support, you got to go to group, da, da da da. And I'm like, I don't know if that's gonna work because I'm gonna be in nit for for ten hours a day. Mm. And he was like, all right, man. Well, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, man, like w- just let me know. Like whatever you need. I got you. And for me, Carl is to date kept true to that statement right there. Whatever I've needed, Carl has been there. Um, Even if it's just somebody to like pick me up and like take me out in the middle of nowhere and like shoot off guns. Like, (laughs) Like he's been, he's been amazing person in my life. But yeah, so I got out and I went and lived with my brother and I was going to NIT and Carl had called my brother and asked him if like what I thought about like, being a living. And yeah. I was like, Yeah, I mean that would be cool because I wanted to get out of my brother's. Like I'd already like my brother had been, you know, funding this whole thing. He bought me a ticket, was buying me clothes. Yeah. He for Christmas he bought him and his wife bought my son's like Christmas presents and sent them to me or sent them to them from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not from him. Not you know, um that he flew them up here for Thanksgiving, I think it was. You know, and he had been there Throughout the whole treatment process, he would come and visit me, like all the things. And so I really wanted to get out of there. And I was like, Yeah, I think that could work. They'll give me like a stipend, da 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 da. And so I did that. And then Carl introduced me to Michelle and was like, Hey, you need somebody for the My Quartz thing. Well, Brian needs like gas money to get to and from <laughs> NIT. And so I did that for a little bit. And I was the living going to NIT. I did really well. I got, I got four certifications and six qualifications. And Carl asked me if I wanted to try out peer support until I, my brother still hates this dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he asked me if I wanted to try out peer support until I
0: found a welding job. And I was like, right. yeah. now that you've done all this work yeah. to get certified and qualified yeah. and yeah. everything, <laughs> you want to do peer support? Yeah.
1: And I was like, Absolutely, man. And yeah. he was like, "Well, what do you need to do to get your license?" Da da, da, da. And I was like, "Oh, well, I I gotta pay this fine, and I already went to treatment." So, and he was willing to help me with that fine, like on and like make a contract and a payment plan and all that stuff with me. But somehow, dude, and I still to this day have not gotten the this amount. But I get these like Sea Alaska shares, and somehow I got like. above the exact amount that I needed to pay for my license. Wow. Yeah. And so I got my license and my brother sold me a car on payments and I started doing peer support and like fell in love. And I was like, this is it. This is what you wanted to do like your whole life. And my brother was like, bro, come on. You can go make like, Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, cause at that time too, like peers have come a long way. Like, as far as like pay scales and stuff yeah. go but like when i started i mean i started at like 16 you know what i mean right. so like we were we were they were still very very entry level <laughs> and uh he was like what are you doing da, da, da. And i i remember asking Carl for some advice like what do you what should i do man like i could go chase money or i could um you know do something that's like like feeding my soul and he gave me some advice and stuff and what really made me stay and and not like go on the slope or join a union was I had created, like I had outside of my brother, you know, but like I had re-established a connection with my sister, Crystal, my oldest sister and her kids and and my nieces. And then as well as like my son. And then like this other bond with like Carl and James and Kirby and all these people. And like, I was like, man, I just want to be here and be in this. Yeah. Like this, like, this is where I belong. And this is where I want to be. And I want to give this to other people. And so then I ultimately was like, you know what? We'll, well, we'll you know, tough it out for a couple of years and show your worth and just work through the ranks and do that. And, and that's what I did. And I mean, I've had some clients that make me regret it, but, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but for the most part, I'm absolutely fulfilled. And like, And thankful that, like, even if I don't retire in this field, like, I'm super grateful for, like, the opportunity that I've had to, like, be in other people's lives, you know?
0: Well, I guess you can always fall back on the six-figure salary job if you ever (laughs) wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then you came and worked here? Yeah, so I've worked for True North for
1: two, two and a half years or something like that. And then I went and worked at CITC for a little bit, but I wasn't happy at CITC. We talked when you're at CITC.
0: Yeah, we Brian's did. Brian's on My House Podcast, episode 15, <laughs> for like two minutes as the only CIT representative yeah. at the Nunley Park Recovery Fair. One, actually, one year ago today. Wow. Is when the last time we talked on a podcast oh my gosh, it was look one at year that. ago today. That's awesome. And, uh, and then a month later or two months later or something, Michelle was like, oh, by the way, we're hiring this new guy called Brian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sick. I know that guy. Yeah. From the podcast <laughs> podcast guest Brian. Yes. I love
1: that, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, Michelle, Michelle approached me at that event. <laughs> <laughs> but Carl had put a bug in her ear and was like, hey, you know, Brian's having a hard time with CITC. Um, And it's nothing against CITC. I'm not here to, like, dog on them. It just wasn't a fit for me. He had placed a bug in her ear, like, hey, Brian's not really happy. And at that event, she had come up to me and said, you know, Brian, I'm looking for a case manager. Um, Let me get get your resume and let me know if you're interested. And then, like, I remember, man, like, that was, like, so cool for me because then there was a couple other organizations that wanted to hire me.
0: And it was like. You're a big free agent that summer. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And I was like,
1: dang, man, like, I've always gone through the, like, I remember my sister used to say, she'd be like, remember, Brian, when you go into an interview, you're, they're not interviewing you, you're interviewing them. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. But like, (laughs) I need a job. (laughs) So like, if you're trying to give me a job, like I'm going to take that job, you know? And this time I had options. The first time in my life I had like several, several offers to work at several different organizations. And I was like, dang, dude, like that felt really good. And I had, you know, I put in a lot of work and it was really cool to feel valued and to feel wanted and like, that's all I've ever wanted. So like, for me, like it sounds corny, but like, that was my, like my arrival moment for recovery. And that was only like a year ago, but like, (laughs) I mean, there was some awesome times throughout my recovery, but like for me, like that was like, Holy cow. Like that's where the therapy, all that stuff, like, dang dude, you did it, man. Even if like, like I said, even if I don't retire here, like even just being in a position like that come a long way from uh drunk falling asleep under pool tables you know
0: and you saw a raiders game <laughs>
1: and i saw a raiders game i got go. en- again i got engaged this year
0: congratulations got, yeah, in hawaii in hawaii deal. yeah man at the seven sacred with pools the, with the tnr wedding slash engagement yeah spectacular yeah extravaganza
1: yeah i got to be in my best friend's wedding got to be his best man yeah i mean life has gotten like leaps and bounds better man and yeah, I can't tell you like how grateful I am for the life that I live today. It wasn't
0: always easy, but it was definitely worth it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of My Voice. For local services here at my house, please call 373-4357. That's 373-HELP.